This episode of the Midday Madness Sports Podcast is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedcompany.com, and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Testing, 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 do you read? We inhale! It's time for the Midday Madness Sports Podcast. episode 25 welcome back thank you again for listening wherever you may be listening to the midday man of sports podcast whether it be google apple spotify anywhere you get your podcast eric miller alongside noah begler first off i also want to uh thank our sponsor alpine unlimited company their mission is to provide high quality comfortable and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors you can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use ERIC10 to receive 10% off. Noah Peglet, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I started my new job. I'm very excited about it. I'm the now on-air afternoon drive uh, personality for red 102.3 i'm also the promotions director at the same time so a lot of responsibilities that i'm getting used to but i love the job i love the people it has been an amazing job um definitely is it's gonna I'm, i can't wait to grow in this job honestly it has been something i've been praying for for a long time you know sometimes you pray god delivers so i'm very excited i'm very also excited about today's episode we're recapping the nba finals we're also uh i'm gonna try to stump pegs as always uh, I also have our our peg stump over here. Every time I stump him, I put something on our whiteboard behind me. Uh, we also have to this day in sports history, MLB news, live tour uh, news as well. We got a lot to talk about. So Noah, let's let's recap the last two games. Or has it been three games of the NBA Finals? I can't even remember. It's been quite a while, Eric. I mean, they spaced this out so often where. I- you can almost make an entire month about the NBA finals and which is what we're starts done beginning in, the last in June year. and then Yeah, and I mean game five and just so many of these games have just gone so by, but a lot has not. And I mean game yeah, three was only last Wednesday when the yeah. Celtics ended up winning yeah. at home one sixteen to one ten or one hundred. Did you did you forget already? <laughs> Uh, I mean, just looking at this, it's uh, been a long series, and Celtics need to play hard to try and at least make a comeback in this one. Yeah, so and it's interesting, too, because obviously in game game three, Boston pretty much held on to, you know. Game four, mm-hmm. Golden State comes back, you know. I believe this is also the first time that the Celtics have lost back-to-back games in this postseason. Yeah, it's uh, – was bound to happen because in every series we'd played, whether it would be Milwaukee or Miami, like in those games, whenever Miami or Milwaukee took uh, advantage of us, we always uh, repaid him the favor. And the one good thing that we always had was uh, at least playing hard in those series and then at least finishing it out because we were able to win the last two games against Milwaukee. And then we were able to at least bounce back in game seven against Miami. Now in this case, Golden State, they're a hard opponent and they've got tremendous depth that has been able to work. I mean, I kind of wish in a way it's like the fact that we played teams with extraordinary depth in the last two rounds. Miami, they had Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. They had Tyler Hero, a guy who could be a starter, but not, not right now, coming off the bench. And then they even had Duncan Robinson helping out at times, but didn't help out in the last few games. But then you look at how you got Jordan Poole, a guy who's knocking down buzzer beaters and being a pest. Seriously, he's up there with Tyler Hero in my mind. He's knocking down points, and he's off the bench. And the fact that you looked at how Golden State played in their last game, they got 31 points just from the bench. 
Well, Boston had like only four points, and that was combined with White and even just Grant Williams. There were just was nothing out of our substitutes. And right now, Coach Ime Udoka just was hoping to have his starting lineup of Tatum and Brown to carry the major load. It was not enough. And turnovers, turnovers were such a big mistake. So many terrible calls, so many offensive fouls against the Boston Celtics. It was frustrating at times late in the game, and Boston could not hold on in that one. And now we find ourselves trailing. And then to bring this up, Draymond Green, the guy keeps fouling. It is frustrating to see he keeps getting fouled. He's fouled out three times already in this series. Like he, he, It's the fact that... It, why is this guy on the floor? I mean, he's just doing this on purpose. I think there needs to be an adjustment for in the NBA where foul accumulation, you are either going to sit out a game or the rest of the series. It's ridiculous because, I mean, I, there's there's a difference between playing physical and deliberately fouling someone, and that's what Draymond Green is. That, and he is the ultimate pest. He is the ultimate antagonist. He is Draymond Green. And his, his uh, as my computer, my other computer is loading, he is now becoming Draymond Green. And even Steve Javi said of ESPN, some referees have to take note, mental note, of who has a technical foul and who has a foul. Now, he will make those fouls and he will get called. He will also argue about them. I didn't touch him. When you look in the replay, Draymond, it's right there. Like, do we really need to talk about this? However, he is starting to become bigger outside of basketball because he has the podcast with the volume sports, who he does a podcast after every game in this postseason. He has done one. Uh, and it gives more of the player's perspective, gives the more in-depth perspective, because he is a very smart guy from Michigan State, who played with Tom Izzo, who went to, the, I believe, the uh, back-to-back NCAA Final Fours for the um, Michigan State War, or Michigan State Spartans. I was about to say Wolverines for a second. Um, in 09 and 2010, who lost to Duke, or yeah, to North Carolina and Butler and back, back-to-back um, Michigan State Final Four appearances. So, He's got this basketball, Aaron. It's really only been big the last eight years. Like, think about this. In 2013, when I believe that's when they drafted him, he really wasn't as big as of a character up until 2015, 2016. Then you started seeing the defensive pariah that he's become and getting in people's faces and being the guy that's going to bark. And you could equate him to one of the greatest NHL um Antagonist, and I don't know the sport all too well, but any one of those antagonists that gets in the face uh, protects his player. That has been him. He's been the enforcer for the Golden State Warriors, and it's been someone that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry has have really been engaged with and helpful and thankful because let's face it, those two guys they're like me and you, like pretty small, pretty puny guys. No offense, but they're thin. And there's no way that they like the nineties version of basketball and today's version of basketball. If someone started chirping, they would not say a word because I guarantee if they said a word, somebody would be scrapping and they would be on the ground with multiple wounds on them. Yeah. Those were the days of the nineties. The tough, hard punching and fighting of basketball. Um, I think it was called hand checking as well in the games. Like it was a very physical sport back in the nineties, but nowadays it's uh I just even allow flopping, which was what was happening with Golden State because it got pool raised on the nose, sells the call, and Smart gets called for another offensive foul. And pretty much, you know, it's like they're calling Marcus Smart on purpose, and it was ridiculous. And also, looking at our whiteboard, by the way, we both are in running for winning. I'm more closer to the running of winning if Golden State wins game six, which is on the 16th of June, depending on whenever you listen to this episode, you picked Boston in seven. So you were also in the yeah. run to win. And by either the 16th or by the Sunday, which I believe is the 19th, that's when we will know who is going to be the NBA champion of the season. So it's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, well, 
Yep. A, another NBA season in the books coming soon. And yet I've, I'm glad they at least got this back into its like normal swing. It was so different with the pandemic yeah. when yeah. it shut it down in March and then it came back in like July and August. It was like, man, school's about to start and we're still watching basketball here. And yeah, like August and September, you're watching NBA finals. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I know. And that and even the NHL, like they, they had their Stanley Cup pushed all the way to like uh, October. It was yeah. just different yeah. watching their post seasons. And then they had to even just take another season just to get regularly adjusted again. And now here they are, the NBA almost over, but yet it, they're making trades. They're getting ready to go with uh, what, what's gone on as uh, it was reported by uh, Shams Karania. is an NBA reporter. Uh, they call him Shams. And uh, he, he has reported that the Houston Rockets are fi- have finalized the deal to send Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks. Who? And Christian, yeah, Christian Wood. And yeah. uh, as, part, as, part, as part of the deal, uh, the Mavericks are sending about four players and a draft pick. And these four players include Marquise Chris, uh, Trey Burke, Sterling Brown, and long fan favorite Boban Marjanovic. No, Boban! I know. They're also sending uh, a, I believe, the 26th pick in the draft as well to the Houston Rockets. Jeez, so, that's a lot. I but, bet he's worth it. But here's the thing, though. We have been talking the last few weeks about the fact that Dallas has no secondary player or superstar to help out Mr. Luka Doncic, and yet Right now, this is kind of a heavy haul for Christian Wood. And now that we'll see if this is going to make the Dallas Mavericks a team to be reckoned with once again in the NBA Finals next year. But an early move by Mr. Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, Wood is 26 years old. He averaged 19 points a game and 19 rebounds during the two seasons with the Rockets. He's also due to make $14.3 million. However, and it's also an upgrade at center for the Mavs, so that gives you a little more depth with Kleba and Woods. And also now the Rockets have the number three, number 17, and number 26 picks in the NBA draft on June 23rd. So for the for the Rockets, it's more about draft picks and draft capital because now – and we'll get into this our next episode, most likely, of who's going to be picked. Um, because obviously in the NBA, there's only two rounds anyways. And it's not that tough to look at. If you watch college basketball, you see most of these guys' tapes. And you know who is going to go where. But um, now the Rockets will have the third pick overall. So, And also, um, aren't they still in the running for the first pick? Depending on, like, in that, or do they already do their draft lottery thing? No, I thought they already. Uh, I thought I thought they already held the lottery. Did they? I can't remember. No, yeah, they I, they did, and the Orlando Magic got the first pick. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I honestly did not pay attention to this year for the first time in a long time. Uh, Honest, honestly, the biggest year of the NBA draft lottery was the year that Zion Williamson was part of it. And the yeah. big thing was the fact that the New York Knicks didn't even get the number one pick. <laughs> they they ended up getting the third pick. And <laughs> it was so frustrating when, uh, what was it? You had Mark Tatum, the uh, one NBA uh, official who always does the draft lottery, revealing these envelopes. I really, I really thought myself that the Knicks would have gotten that number one pick, but they didn't. And it ended up going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans. <laughs> Which we still don't even know what the heck is going to happen with that. Yeah, good old Mr. Zion. <laughs> yeah, and even like, apparently, I didn't know this, but the draft lottery order was done in May. Did you know this? I know it was done a while ago. I mean, the one thing about the NBA uh, draft or the NBA uh, playoffs is that during the middle of the week, they always reveal awards, they do the draft order, and that that's just part of the whole process. But yeah, the lottery was done like uh, I think a few weeks ago. And then, yeah, the top 10 picks, I mean, you have the magic selecting one thunder selecting two 
And then you have the Rockets selecting third, Kings fourth, Pistons fifth, Pacers sixth, Blazers seventh, Pelicans eighth, then the Spurs ninth, and then the Wizards tenth, and then you had the Knicks at 11th, the Thunder at 12. If you're wondering why I think the Thunder have that 12th pick, it may be because I think that was the pick that they got from uh, the Paul George deal with the Clippers. Okay. I, be- I believe that was uh, actually the 12th pick for Oklahoma City. Yeah, it was the Clippers. Yep. And then I thought there came one more um, out of this trade, but I because Cleveland got the 14th pick and then Charlotte got the 13th pick. Yeah, Charlotte came from New Orleans. Uh, Houston came from Brooklyn. Um, eighth pick is New Orleans from the Lakers. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that was that, – that can't be the pick for Anthony Davis, or it could be. It could have been. Because, yeah. I mean, the Lakers don't really have any – they don't even have a first-round pick this year. I don't even think they have a second-round pick. Yeah, yeah that's – they don't. Yeah, that, and honestly, uh, probably a good thing that uh, with the Kings, they got the fourth pick because, uh, what was it? In years past, uh, Vladi Divac uh, was their GM, and he made some terrible trades that, you know, cost them draft picks. Yeah, and even San Antonio has a 20th round pick from Toronto. I think that's the DeMar DeRozan. And actually, San Antonio also has Boston's 25th pick as well. So yeah, the, has three picks in the top 25 this year. So that'll be yeah. interesting to watch. Yeah, that Boston pick, I mean, it probably Derek came White. from the, from the Derek White trade that happened this year. Yeah, and then San Antonio also has the 38th pick in the second round. So they got a lot of all right, go uh yeah. <laughs> go Spurs, yeah. go. Yeah, the two teams of uh South Texas are engaging in their full rebuild in this draft. I'll take it. I mean, you you don't have to pay that many players and you get to keep a lot of your youth and also potentially build a good structure around. Now, who knows if Greg Popovich is going to be around for that, but that would be fun at least that whoever comes in takes over for him. Maybe they already have a good core group of guys. And the Spurs aren't big spenders anyways, normally. <clears throat> Yeah, they're not known for signing big guys for like $125 million. Exactly. They're more <laughs> they known could, for homegrown. But they yeah. wouldn't. They're more known for homegrown talent. I mean, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu, all of those guys came from homegrown um, being drafted. So Even Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Well, and originally he was pit. He was traded from – I think the Pacers are supposed to. Yeah, the, I think the yeah the Pacers I think selected them and then I think they traded them. Yep. So. Just like how the Hornets had uh, Kobe Bryant, but yet they traded him to the Lakers. <laughs> I'll take it any day, and it, and that's the reason why Shaq ended up going to L.A. because I believe Jerry West said, "Hey, we're getting a guy from Charlotte, Kobe. You might have heard of him, and the rest is history, basically." Yeah. And that's one of the appealing things of Shaq and Kobe and why Shaq came to LA. So now how confident are you in uh, your NBA finals pick, by the way? Well, it's tough. <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough to, to feel to believe in this point, but Hey, I ride or die. I'm, I've been so proud of my guys this postseason. The fact that we made the finals and I'm I'm riding with my Celtics all the way. So I, if they, if they lose though, Will you be devastated or will you be like, all right, we got here. Now what can we build off of? Or are you going to be like, F this, Draymond Green should have done that. Stupid like turnovers. How, how is Noah Pegler going to react if, an, if the Celtics lose in game six? Well, a cha- I, I'm, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm not going to deny it. Losing a championship always sucks. And <laughs> – I mean, I've been upset. I've seen my teams lose championships before. I've seen the Bruins lose two Stanley Cups. I mean, the Red Sox, I've seen postseason heartbreak. And even with the Celtics, it's just been uh, it's been tough right now. But, I mean, I'll, I still think that th- this core has still a lot to accomplish. I mean, I'm not sure if we're going to have the same exact guys. I mean, I'm sure, sure uh, some of the – 
other role play. I'm sure the role players like Horford and White, Tice, even Grant Williams. I'm not sure if all of them will be back, but I'm sure uh, whatever uh, Brad Stevens is hoping to do, he's hoping to keep the three, the big three guys smart, Tatum and Brown all together because this was uh, one thing that they accomplished. And I mean, the, and the thing is, is that I hopefully they could still continue to work together because mm-hmm. this is a big three that I think really can ha- that hopefully, I mean, it would be nice if they had, they can continue to help each other. Not like what happened with uh, the thunder when they had Harden Westbrook and Durant. And yet it's like, they all went their different directions. So yeah. I think there's still hope. No, go ahead. But yeah, that to ultimately say that, that there should still be a lot of positivity out of the Celtics win or lose this series. And especially with what Ime Udoka has shown as a team. I mean, we, it's only his first year. I mean, how many guys can say in their first year, you take a team to the NBA finals? Steve Kerr. Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's like you gave me that one. Wasn't intentional, but yeah, here we are. <laughs> Which also leads me to the uh, fed that one, huh? What'd you say, no? Fed that one on a silver. Fed that one on a silver platter. <laughs> Would you like some more, please? <laughs> yeah, there's there there's your platter, Eric. There's your uh, platter. <laughs> that's great. It also leads me to uh, can we stump pegs? And it's brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Company. Their mission is to provide high quality. Comfortable and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedco.com. And if you use code ERIC10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use code ERIC10 to receive 10% off. So our question for Noah is, it's an NBA Finals, uh, well, NBA Playoffs record question, right? So, since 2015, and this is about the Golden State Warriors, this is about them going to game six. Um, How many times do you know the Golden State Warriors game six records in all of the postseason since 2015, 2014-2015 championship season? Well, you would think it would be low considering in a lot of postseasons, there haven't been a lot of game sixes for – Golden State. I mean, that it's either they finish in four or five, or even in six or seven. It's like okay. I mean, not many teams usually get them this far, or they usually don't lose that often. So I'm gonna say uh, their record in game. This is just game sixes, right? Just game sixes. Yes. Uh, okay. and I, I looked through the last like from 2015, 2014, 2015 season. Okay, so I'm gonna say they're. Uh, I'm going to say they're four and one. Four and one is your final answer. Final answer. I'm pulling out the marker because you're wrong. Ah. <laughs> Back-to-back weeks, we've stumped bags. Their record is six and two. Oh, okay. Yep. So in 2019, the final season with Kevin Durant, when they lost in the NBA Finals, they went two and one. They had three game sixes in that playoffs. Uh, playoffs. <laughs> In 2018, they only had one game six, and that was the Western Conference Finals against Houston, which they won because they won that that series, and then they ended up sweeping the whole thing. 2017 with Kevin Durant, they won the championship, and they didn't even get to any game sevens. I think that was the year that they tied the Los Angeles Lakers in 2000-2001 with one of the greatest uh, postseason runs ever. They only lost one game, and that was in the NBA Finals. Um, 2016... We know that they had two really tough uh, back-to-back series, once with the um, the Oklahoma City Thunder when Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant had that 3-1 lead. We saw them lose, and they won game six, and that was actually one of Clay Thompson's greatest games he's ever had in the game six history, mm-hmm. and then ended up losing in game six in Cleveland to go back to Golden State to end up losing the championship. And then 2015 season, they went 2-0, in that season in game sixes. And both of those, well, one of those was, I believe, if I'm looking at this correctly, I have this up on one of my other computer screens. 
if it loads correctly, in 2015, it was the Rockets, and then it was also the Cavaliers again. So okay. N2 is the final six, game six record for the Warriors. So we know now that they are six and two. They've lost twice, and one of those times was with Kevin Durant. And the other time was with against LeBron James. Now, can Jason Tatum pull off a LeBron James game six from Miami Heat to Boston Celtics or against the Celtics from 2011-2012 season? That is still yet to be determined because game six has not happened yet. But six and two in game sixes for the Warriors with this, this crew with Thompson, Curry, and, and Draymond, that's, that's a pretty good record. So maybe they go six and three in this one and go into game seven. We'll see. But yeah, I think for uh, Boston should at least get some respect for pushing them to game six, considering many have tried and failed before. And yes, I'm looking at the Houston Rockets of James Harden because you had your chance. Yes. The fact that this team was supposed to beat them, but they didn't. And that, is going to be haunting them for the rest of their careers. And their miserable lives. <laughs> Not miserable, obviously. That, that's just mean to say. Not miserable. I mean, they got millions of dollars. <laughs> They're still getting paid. You know. yeah. They have more money than us. Yeah. For now, anyways. You know. yeah. Um, but yeah, so Pegs has uh, Boston in seven. I have the Warriors in six. We'll find out what happens on our next episode. But we're not going to get to that next episode yet because we have some baseball to get to. Let's talk about some baseball, Noah. Yes. Since the, uh, f- the, the Phillies have fired Joe Girardi, they've been on a tear. Yeah. They, I, I'm, not, I'm actually kind of shocked that they've been doing pretty well. Yeah, I know. I even hear people uh, at the country club and other people talk about it, like, yeah, the Phillies are winning baseball. I mean, they played a game against the Marlins where they were losing one nothing and came back and uh, walked it off. I mean, that was uh, spectacular for them. And now they're just trying to keep up with uh, the rest of their division. You know, yeah. it's unfortunate for them because they've been playing so well. Second place could have been theirs. If it weren't for the Atlanta Braves, who yeah. ended up 13 <laughs> in a row. Crazy. My- my goodness. I mean, they've just been trying to keep up with the New York Mets. Right now, both New York teams. I mean, you got the you got the best in Bronx, and then you got the Kings of Queens, and that's what they've been able to do. And, yep, he's got his loyal Yankees sign over there. You could faintly see my Red Sox one right over there. As again, oh, you got trash in your room, man. I'm sorry. It's the same exact. Ah. It's, it's, it's the same exact sign without you know that uh, fake Yankee signature. <laughs> Big one, Yankee fan. I wanted to bring this to my office, but I'm not allowed to. So, I, yeah, court here in my my home. Yeah, but you're on Shippensburg. Don't don't you see a lot of Pirates fans at all? Actually, you see more. I feel like I I see more Philly fans out this way. Honestly, because well, we're central, we're South Central PA, and it's it's very uh, yeah. There's a lot more Philly fans. There's actually a collection of different fans from what I've seen and I've heard and I've talked to. Uh, we got some. We actually do have some Yankee fans around here. We do have some okay. Jets fans. I've I met a few Jets fans around here, by the way. Um, wow, you 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 got your own support group there. I know. For <laughs> once, we don't talk about it, but we'll look at each other and nod like. Yeah, what else are you gonna do with that, right? Um, yeah, man, it is. It's a very there's more Philly fans and Philadelphia fans out this way, which is kind of sad. But uh, I will take my Yankees. I and I'm telling you right now, like Michael K talked about it this past weekend against who are they playing against? I don't even remember. Oh, the Cubs. They're playing against yeah. the Cubs this weekend. The Yankees were, and they basically said, "Remember, best teams don't normally win the World Series." And if you look at history, the best teams have not won World Series since 2000. I mean, the Mariners won 116 games. They are considered one of the greatest regular season teams of all time. Did not win the World Series. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers at, from 2014, whatever, did not win the World Series. Detroit Tigers, actually, no, the Tigers, they weren't part of that. They Because the Red Sox were actually the best team that year. 
but many teams in the past that have had have been the Angels, for example, of 2014, they were the best team in the American League and got swept by the Royals. So there's yeah, a lot also, of different teams. I, one, They're good. Yeah, one team I want one team I wanted to mention was uh Cleveland when they they ended up winning like 22 games in a row, breaking like through the American League record, and they ended up uh, getting beat in the first round. And by the Yankees, 27. I was, I, was, I was I was gonna say it was by the Yankees. I mean, it just it just oh. goes to show you you could win as many games in the regular season, but no one's gonna give a crap unless you win the the big World Series. I mean, that's actually a line from Moneyball. Um, yeah. by the way, with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Very good movie. Oh, I love that movie. And again, like the Yankees can be great. They're 46 and 16. I guess they won today against Tampa Bay. But again, I don't care if you win in the regular season. It's the postseason. And that's the thing with the Yankee fans in general. Okay, okay, we're doing well in the regular season. That's fine. But what's going to happen in the postseason? Because we've had so many times where they've come up so short. And it drives me absolutely crazy. But what are you going to do about it? You can't. Like 2017, they were one game away from the World Series. And it's the funny thing is, it's not like the Yankees have ever been in a rebuilding stage. And even if they are, you know what place that they finish? They finish third. They don't finish in the, in the last. And they still are in that hunt. Since 1992, my entire life, the Yankees have been in the hunt. They've either won the World Series, have been in the playoff contention, or have made it to the postseason, but it like and have lost. So it's not that they have had terrible times. They've never finished third or worse. Like the Red Sox, they go all in or they lose bad. And, and it's consistent because they'll lose bad, and then the next year they're gonna shoot up and they go to the World Series and they win it. For the Yankees, they are consistently in the number two, number three spot in the American League East. They are in. That playoff wildcard contention, like even 2014, when Jeter's final year, they were still in playoff contention until his final game at Yankee Stadium. And it was that day that they're like, they were out of the playoffs race, finally. And it was his first time in 20 years that the that he played a game where it didn't matter for him going to the postseason or not, which is crazy to think. And even in 2016, when they got rid of Teixeira, they got at, they got Alex Rodriguez out of there finally from that terrible 10-year contract that he signed. He didn't early. get rid of him. He retired. No, no. They forced him out. He, 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 reti- he retired. No, no. He was still getting paid, though. They had all the new young guys, Aaron Judge. They had Tyler Wade coming up as well. Because those are the two ba- the baby bombers that hit home runs in their first game after yeah. A-Rod came out of the game against Texas. Because it was a three-game series against Texas in New York. He has his farewell tour, whatever. But they were trying to push him out because, A, he's getting old. B, the PED was too much for him. And he wasn't producing like you like he usually was. So just get out. Just go. Push him out. That's fine. What's we'll yeah. up you? <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't going to get a good farewell from Boston, I'll tell you that much. Oh, no. Like, if you're going to give anyone – on the Yankees, there's two players you give a great welcome to. Mariano Rivera, which he got, and Derek Jeter, which he got, which yeah. I was stunned the final game. I mean, the fact that Fenway Park was was chanting Derek Jeter, like, that would never – that never happens. That's yeah, how much of an impact those two players have had for the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry. Yeah, we, res- we respect Rivera for what he's done for the closing position. We respect Jeter for his leadership and just overall what he's done for the game. As for A-Rod – we don't like that bum. We do, we don't like him. <laughs> and if you think about it, think about this. The one other reason why the the Red Sox love Mariano Rivera is because of 04. Had he not blown those sa- that save in Game Four, would you guys have given that same reception? Yeah, no. I I mean, we would have been frustrated with that, but that's why we have uh, Mr. Dave Roberts. He he's he's the guy who never has to buy a drink in Boston again. <laughs> oh, seriously, never. Ever. I mean, R- Rivera will never buy a drink in New York ever again because he doesn't have to. He's revered and he's loved, you know. Um, but, yeah, like these players, may and maybe if the Yankees sign Judge, which I can't see them going past six years, and I don't want to see them go past six years. If they go past six years, I don't want it. I don't want that contract. We it's learned. Just, 
from Efron. We've learned from Robinson Cano. We've learned help from Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. Now, if they win one ser- one World Series, is that enough? No. Because if you're, in your, if you're in the New York market, you want to win every single year. And if you don't win, it's a terrible year. And that's just the mindset from the great George Steinbrenner, the former owner of the New York Yankees. God bless his soul, wherever he rests right now. But that mentality has been the Yankees mentality. Now, they've gotten a little smarter, but they're always in the hunt. That's the crazy thing about the New York Yankees is they are always in the hunt, unlike the Red Sox, unlike the Orioles, unlike the Blue Jays. Yeah, to at least sum it up with the Yankees, that 2014-2016 stretch was kind of your low point, if you really think about it. Because, but, <laughs> but yet, but yet, yeah, you were you were pretty much still in it in 2014, 2015. You lost in the wild card game to the Houston Astros. As I'm looking at your stomach right now, and, exactly. and, <laughs> 2016, you, you end up. Uh, just finally uh, dismantling the older players. And then we got, that was the first time we saw judge and Sanchez. Cause I had no idea who those guys were until I, we started hearing their names and just, you know, hitting fly balls. I mean, even just, you think about it, 2014, I think, yeah, 2014 was like a weird year of the postseason because yeah. that year we had the Royals, the Orioles, the Tigers, the angels, in the postseason, you didn't have the Red Sox, you didn't have the Yankees, you didn't have Cleveland, who had been consistently as part of that conversation, and then you didn't have the Texas Rangers, who had dominated that division for the past few years. It was like, wow, this this just feels like a different postseason picture, and even small market because you got to remember the Orioles are a small market team, the Royal the Royals they're a small market team as well. Some people even look at Detroit, you know, it's like they're not even a major city anymore. Yeah, I mean. They spend a lot, but they're just not like, again, just a big city anymore compared to New York. But yeah, then yeah. to look at just even this, uh, what could lie in this postseason, we could possibly see a new, another New York World Series. I mean, first time since 2000. Another Subway Series. And all because of the birth of my son. <laughs> yeah, thank it on Derek Thomas. <laughs> Derek Thomas Miller. Yeah. His first year, the Yankees win. I can hold him up. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole Lion King thing. <laughs> can you can you imagine if uh if he was born on like, you know, the 28th of the month, you know, since oh, it'd be the 28th title? <laughs> oh man. That that, that 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 would be like an omen or something. <laughs> September 28th, he is born. And then a month later, actually, I'm pretty sure if I look at it correctly, the World Series is like late November is early November this year. Okay. Because of like the whole, um, when they couldn't sign the damn contracts and, uh, it, yeah. and you know, greedy bastards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all <old> farts. <laughs> right. And then like, and if you think about it in about a month or so, actually we're mid June now. So yeah, about a month and a half from now, we will finally be able to look at our, uh, our history of what, who we said was going to win and be able to try to give our next prediction possibly of who we think is going to win it. Mm -hmm. And after that, then we have September and then that's it. Then we can't touch until the playoffs. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't really have that on top of my head and I don't have that in front of me, but you know, I will worry about that when it comes down after the trade deadline which is when we'll do that because that's, that's going to be the key. And I'm curious to see who the Yankees are going to move off from because are they going to move off of, of Gallo? Uh, Gallo is not even playing center field. Neither is Hicks. Uh-huh. Is Glaber Torres going to be there? Because if Anthony Volpe is doing well in the minor leagues, when are they going to bump him up? I'd be surprised if you trade Torres. I mean, that would be like a very big surprise considering how he's always been a big commodity. I've done it in my MLB the show series and I traded him for Trevor Story. <laughs> and it worked. I didn't have to like force trade him or anything. I didn't even give him anything else. I just gave him story for Torres and they took it. I'm like, all right. Well worth it. Um it, and it's gonna be interesting. To, again, like the Yankees are doing so well, but 
They also haven't, they've been plagued with injuries, but their bullpen is amazing right now. Their bullpen is one of the best bullpens in the league. They also have one of the best run differentials in all of baseball with 130. And the next best team is the Dodgers at 108. Because not even they're the Astros who are normally good, and they're in first place too. They're nine and a half up on the Rangers in their division. Yeah, just looking at the the other division leaders right now. I mean, you, in other years, it's like, well, there is one team that can put up a fight against the Yankees. And right now, unless something changes in the next month or two, I just really don't think so because yeah. because you still have Houston. They're not the same Houston, even though it's again, it's like whether you say they're cheaters or even the fact that they've made the World Series multiple times after that. Yep. And then let's face it, you had, there's Minnesota, but I'm not going to even go there because again, <laughs> but until so, until something completely changes, I'm not expecting Minnesota to do anything. True. Against at least against the Yankees. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And then like, you have the three best teams in the AL East: Toronto, Tampa, and Boston. All basically three and a half games separate them, and Cleveland is also a game behind. Yeah, Boston. and then. Yeah, there's a weird thing going on right now with that because Boston is like got all these wins, but yet it's because Cleveland still has like five games in hand because they still have to play like a bunch of double headers down the road. Yeah. It's like two weeks. Plus, we actually play each other next weekend, the, the Guardians and the Red Sox. So that's yeah. actually going to be a key series as far as like tiebreakers go. And in the driver's seat of that last wild card by the time all-star comes around okay and then nationally the padres are first in the wild card then the braves then the giants and then milwaukee is a game behind the giants and they're like the rockies are still in it even though they're about eight games under 500 you have the marlins who are five games under 500 in it the diamondbacks are five games under 500 but still are six and a half out the Phillies, who are one game over 500, are three and a half out. And the Brewers are six games over 500 and one game out of the Giants. So the, the races are great right now. I mean, if you also look at the American League, you have Seattle at six games out. The Angels are five. The Rangers are four and a half. And even though they're second place in their division, it uh, looks like some teams are just going for the wild card itself. So, yeah, and, and, then, and asking uh, the other thing, like the Yankees, if they get the number one seed, and even if they go 500, they're still going to win 90 games, which is a crazy thing to think about right now. So they could still get the first in the American League or American League, have that weekend off, watch the rest of the baseball, but will that cool them off? And that's going to be the question because now baseball is going into where, well, if you win, in if you win the like the number one seed in the Amer- in that like conference, then you're basically have a first round bye. That could kill the momentum of any team, and we've seen that before. Where after like wild card games are going on, you see that momentum of that team going in. It's what happened with the 2017 Yankees against the the Indi- the then Indians now Guardians, where the Yankees were playing hot at certain times. They won against the, the Twins. Uh, in the wild card game, they ended up losing the first two against the Guardians, lost a heartbreaker in game two, won a one nothing game in game three, exploded for seven to three in the game four, and then ended up winning thanks to Didi Gregorius, who had three score, who had three runs scored with a two run homer and a solo shot just for them. And then basically, an error who helped the Yankees get another run in to make it five three instead of four three, which that could have shifted momentum to the Guardians. But, like, sometimes these things just happen, and you're like, what's going to happen? And that, that's the beauty about baseball is that whenever a team is hot, think about the 07 Colorado Rockies. They won 21 of 24 to get to the World Series. Now, it got banned by the Boston Red Sox, but they had to win from mid-September all the way to the World Series, game one, and then they flattened out. That's an amazing run that will never be duplicated. Yeah, I even got a friend of mine who uh, is, does not like the Red Sox because because he's a Rockies fan, and <laughs> the one World Series that they got, you know, got stormed out. But 
it was an impressive run by Colorado. And even with the bye, I mean, it at least helps some teams, but other teams I don't think it will help. And, I mean, it was almost interesting when they had that whole one versus eight, like, uh, seed when they had, like, eight teams from each league make it during the shortened 2020 season. Yeah. I mean, they could have kept that, but it's probably yeah. better because, you know, they would have had a bunch of teams with losing records. <laughs> well, they also tried that, too, because if you remember 20 – I think it was 2012 season – like, the, it was the Yankees versus the Orioles. The Yankees were the better team in the American League East, and I think they won the division. And they were hosting the Orioles, who had beat the Rangers in the their ball card matchup. And they started the playoff matchup in Baltimore for the first two games and then ha- went to New York for the next three after that. So the, baseball is constantly trying to change, trying to find some kind of rhythm or some kind of something that will help, but... Sometimes it just doesn't, and, you know, you just got to go with it. But other times, like, now hopefully we'll see what they end up doing for the Yankees because that's 46 and 16. That's a great record. But if you don't win the World Series, it's going to be for nothing. Yeah, that's the hard truth of it. But I will say Aaron Judge looks like a favorite for MVP. I was looking at the numbers, and – He's hitting home runs, and he's just been doing so well. I mean, I don't know who else you would give it in the American League. Yeah, I don't even think – I don't even know, honestly. Because is, is there anyone else that's leading home runs, RBIs, hits, you know? Like, he is – it's finally, like, five years later, the, the trophy that he should have got, MVP, that was taken away from Tube. Now he finally will get it, um, hopefully this year, if he's still healthy, you know? Because there's still a lot of baseball to play. We're in mid-June, and there's still two, at least three months, full months of baseball. And then September will come around when they open up the, the roster. And then, who knows, like by that point, you're so spent, you just want to catch your breath a little bit. And if the Yankees are in a good spot by that point, just let them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to be quite interesting after the deadline. Yeah. So, um, I've I think there's only one other thing that we wanted to talk about, which was the uh, live tour. And we talked about this last episode. Um, and give me one second. as I like, um, so we'd mentioned last episode where the live tour is now becoming the rival company or uh, rival to the PGA. We were wondering how the PGA would actually respond to them. And very next day, actually, after our episode aired, um, the PGA basically said, you leave us, you're gone. And that's it. You are no longer eligible for PGA tour events under penalties. Uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan shared right after the first tee shot, because their first shot was last Thursday um, in June. And it was right after that. They said, you know what? You're no long, you no longer can go in any PGA uh, tour. So the ban includes participation in the president's cup that which would involve the South African trio. Um, they would also include the USGA uh, has already said eligible players can st- actually. So USGA, which is, I guess, different than the PGA uh, said that players can still compete in the U S open, which is this week. Uh, the PGA tour does not run the majors. So it's interesting because the masters is its own entity. The, the U S the U S open is its own entity. And I believe the British Open is its own entity as well. But you just can't go into, like, this weekend. They're in Boston. Or, no, the USA Open is this weekend. So I don't even know what other tournaments in the U.S. or the PGA have because the four big ones, you can still perform it. So is it really a big deal? You're still making money in the Live Tour, but you just can't go into PGA Tour anymore. (laughs) Ultimately, I think that was probably part of their decision when you really think about it. I mean, the fact that it's like if you look at tennis where, like, you know, the, there was this rival tennis league that started with against, like, the uh, – I think it's, like, the WTP or the ATP, whatever it is. Uh, but yet you're, you're, you're not going to be competing in the other tournaments, but yet you could still compete in, like, the French Open or Wimbledon or even U.S. Open, like, still the major tournaments. You mentioned yeah. the Masters, U.S. Open, the British Open. That's, like, the, the big, big tournaments. Yeah. yeah. Here in golf, I mean, 
I believe even uh, the head of PGA called it just a set of exhibition matches. I believe that that was like the terminology that he used to describe the live tour. Yeah. And right, right now it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, I even asked uh, one guy at my golf course, what he thought about it. And he thought it was cool. You know, the live tour, uh, the fact that, you know, they were using these different golf courses and now, I mean, I'm sure some people probably think, you know, it's shaken up the PGA, but they did suspend all those golfers from playing. Um, they suspended all of them. Like they said they would, and now they can't compete for, uh, the FedEx cup, which is, uh, the big playoff at the end of the year. And yeah. they can't really compete in the uh, other tournaments. Like they didn't compete in, uh, I believe it was the Canadian Open that was uh, last week that uh, that that uh, Rory McIlroy ended up winning yep. on the final day. Yeah, and it's just interesting too because in a memo sent to tour members obtained by CBS News, Monahan said that even if players resign from the tour ahead of the first Live Golf Tournament Invitational outside of London, so this was last weekend. They will not be allowed to play the PGA Tour events as a non-member by getting a, a sponsor exemption. So it's like, are you allowing them? Or if they get a non-sponsor segment, like, can they still come in? And obviously, nine players have resigned from the PGA Tour, a list that includes Johnson and Sergio Garcia. And the name that's still floating around, Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson, who has earned a lifetime membership with his 45 PGA golf tours, has not. So, like, you're going to make the money with, with the Live Tour, but and if you're not worried about your legacy, then stay with the Live Tour. But if you want legacy, like Rory McIlroy, right, or, yeah, is it Rory McIlroy? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yeah. Yeah, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're worried about your legacy and you want to stay with the tradition, you would stay with PGA. If you don't care about any of that stuff, why not? Make your money. And I mean, I've, I've heard some players have already said, you know what, like I've already made enough money. I don't really need to be making more. And some people obviously think that the shotgun start is going to be a little different. Everyone's going to start at the same time. And some people also bring up the issue. Well, what if you have too many players in the, in the tournament? Well, if you have too many players and obviously that started like a PGA style event, or you just limit every time each tour or each event and then go off by that way instead. So that way you're still not overdoing it. You're still getting people and it's still an invitational. And again, these PGA tour golfers, yes, they won't be able to go to the PGA. They'll still be able to go to the masters if they're invited. And if you've won the, if you've won the masters, you could still go back. You would still do the U S open. You could still do the British open, you know, as long as it doesn't coincide with their events like PGA can't stop them. Now it'll be interesting to see what the response is going to be like this weekend with a lot of the PGA tour members still in the U S open. Um, I will be looking forward to hearing the, the booze. And I've heard some stories that a lot of people are very receptive. They don't care. They just want to see golf. And sometimes it's just all about, it's all about the golf, you know? Yeah. I, I- like, you know, the, the tradition is with golf, when a player's about to tee off, you're supposed to be quiet, and then somebody's probably going to say something. Can you? Oh, stink! <laughs> Mickelson, you traitor! <laughs> you're a jerk! Or what is the, uh, what is the movie? Uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I will you're say it. Jackass! <laughs> there, there's so Read many drinks. It's my <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like uh, Happy Gilmore just did it uh, a few minutes ago. Yeah, well, that's great for him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Such a classic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I mean, even at the fight with Bob Barker when he's like oh, yeah. <laughs> throwing punches. <laughs> I got my ass kicked by Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, such a great thing. <laughs> But, I mean, the Live Tour, I, who knows if the Live Tour is even going to last long, you know? Like, that's yeah. going to be an interesting thing. Another interesting factor on top of interesting factors on interesting factors. Like, are they going to have enough people? Are they going to redo their format? Is this going to be like the USFL? 
Or is this even going to be like the XFL from years ago? There, there's, I mean, they're not going to run out of money. That's, that's the big thing. Saudis make a billion dollars every day. So the money is not going to run out. It's the events. It's how can they keep growing it? How are they going to make? And to me, it's like AEW of WWE. Now, AEW is getting all these talent, but are they going to use them the right way? WWE has a system, has a format. This is tradition. This is how we've done things since the, the late 70s and even before when Vince McMahon and his father had created this whole idea. And then Vince McMahon Jr. took over and created this monster that we know of WWE Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, NXT. AEW is trying to find that that rhythm and that that era and trying to find their identity and trying to find the right storylines. But and who knows? It could be like WCW back in the day. Yeah, and uh, just overall, I think it's going to be coming down to interest and even just the players that are joining in. And obviously you're going to have the big players because, you know, they don't have the risk about getting kicked out of those big tournaments because, you know, they could play good enough. They stay in the lower, the lower down names who usually have a hard time making that, uh, that top 50 or 70 cut. They're, they're definitely not going to do it. And even guys who aren't even top 30 are a little hesitant where it's like, okay, hold on. I might not be making a lot of money here because, because even in uh, the PGA, like I think, uh, what was it? I'm, I want to learn more about the game of golf, of course. And, oh yeah, same. Uh, the one thing I I uh, saw in a video was that for the FedEx like Cup, um, during that last tournament, if you make oh. like the top thirty, even if you're dead last, you still win like four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's a lot of money just to play in that one tournament, even if you come in last on the final day. Yeah, it's. There's just so much that you're like, wait, what? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this whole live tour, it's just, I'm really interested to see, can it last and how long will it last for? That, that's the real thing. Can it last this long? Can it, can it sustain? I mean, the money's not going to run out. It's the talent and the format that's got to be, how can we do this differently? And can we compete with PGA? Can you compete with tradition? Yeah, even in the marketing of it, like what what channels are you going to get it on or even what platforms? Because, I mean, you got your traditional ones. CBS covers the majority of them anyway. I mean, NBC. they'll cover the Masters. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, the U.S. Open and even uh, I think the British Open was actually covered by Fox at one point. Like, yeah. And even yeah. like ESPN is covering the golf as well. So like, and Live Tour, and I know I've heard stories and I've read some things that Live Tours reached out to them, but no one's going to want to go against PGA. Like as as desperate as ESPN sometimes is for content, they're not going to want to go against the grain. Now they'll hear them out, and I'm sure they'll listen to what kind of what they're looking for to do. They're not going to go for that, and it it would have to be maybe a TNT and TBS takes over, and or even a streaming service like Amazon Prime, who already got Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit for their their Thursday night football, um, ESPN already po- already took Troy Aikman and Joe Buck away from Fox. You know, yeah, I keep forgetting still, about that. <laughs> Fox is going to be okay because once Brady retires, he's going to take over Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, you know, and CBS is already set up with Romo and Nance for the next ten years. NBC's got Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth until Collinsworth goes away. And then maybe they'll put Rodney, maybe they'll put someone else in, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Rogers will finally hang up the cleats. <laughs> maybe. Well, never, you never know. So it like all these places, it, it has to be an outside source. I would say maybe TNT and TBS would be probably a good option to look at because they don't, they don't really carry, they do their own golf. And they are trying to get more into sports. They carry AEW. They do a lot of the NBA playoffs. They do a lot with uh, the NHL playoffs as well. That's why ESPN has basically made an entire show to look like TNT, but it's just on a different network. Yeah. So, and that's why even like the NBA uh, countdown crew, they've stayed the same for 30 years, but 
when you look at N, uh, NBA on ESPN, it's always changed for 30 years. Yeah, but I mean, the, the fact that with TNT, it's so great with Chuck and Shaq and uh, Kenny DeJet Smith and Ernie Johnson, such a classic voice, the way yeah. he presents himself as yeah. uh, an identity is so great. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to watch, and I can't wait for it to unfold. It's definitely a story that you definitely want to pay attention a little more to and get if you're not into golf, I would say this is per, probably the perfect time to start getting into golf because now you have something different. How are you going to watch it? I have no idea. Good luck. And if you do know how to watch it, let me know so I can watch it up your account. Okay. Well, I mean, I was going to say, it looks like I, I joined at the right time then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, eventually uh, I'm hoping to get more involved with golf and that, I mean, I got to talk to some country people about club. this. Come on, man. How do they hire yeah, I know. I know. Why? When they asked you, do you have any golf experience? Oh, I got plenty. I know golf, like, like the, the way to get home. I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> not, not, not. Yeah, I know. I know a lot about mini golf. <laughs> oh, you didn't say mini. You said golf. I thought you meant mini golf. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, man. I can see you doing that, Noah. <laughs> Uh, it's not my nature. I don't know. No, you're a Red Sox fan. Anything's in your nature. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I can tolerate you criticizing me, but you're take you're going after my boys here. <laughs> oh, I gotta watch my guys. Boys. <laughs> always going after the boys. Yeah, bums. Yeah, yeah what? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That what the B stands for? Suckers. Bums. Yeah, yes, yeah, sucking yanks, man. <laughs> I think it's going to like, get a little too personal. So let's move on to our next thing before it does. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going. Ahead. <laughs> and so now we have our uh, This Day in Sports History, which I have the honors of doing this week. And I have to scroll up on my other computer screen so Noah doesn't see my stomach again. Thanks for that, man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in 1962, the Philadelphia Phillies scored 10 runs in an inning against the Cincinnati Reds and route to a 13-8 victory. So that's uh, interesting. In uh, 1957, the Yankees trade Billy Martin and Ralph Terry for Ryan Duran, who eventually – and Billy Martin eventually became the Yankees manager. Anyways, um, let's see. What was an interesting thing? In 19, what was it? 86 U.S. Open Golf Tournament and Shin, Shincock Hills, GC, I don't even know where that is, but Raymond Floyd wins his fourth and final major two strokes ahead of Chip Buck and Lanny Watkins for his fourth and final major. Um, in 1997, Ernie Els wins the U.S. Open Men's Golf Congressional. He wins his second Open title and the second of his four major championships, one stroke ahead of runner-up Colin Montgomery. In 2001, sorry, uh, 76er fans, the NBA Finals, Los Angeles Lakers beat the 76ers 100-86 in Game 5 to win back-to-back NBA titles. And do you know who the uh, MVP was in that Finals I believe it was Shaquille O'Neal. It was. That is not Stump Pegs, by the way. But oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, on that. In 2003, the San Antonio Spurs beat the New Jersey Nets 88-77 in Game 6 for franchise's second NBA title. Do you know who the MVP was for that? What year was that? 2003. Uh, okay. Uh, that one's got to be uh, got to be Kobe. I said the Spurs. Oh, Spurs. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm tired here, man. It's like... It's 11 o'clock at night, man. <laughs> you bum. <laughs> ah, come on. Oh, it's, um, I don't know. Tim Duncan. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was Duncan. I mean. <laughs> in 04, the Pistons beat the Lakers 187 in game five to complete one of the greatest upsets in NBA history. Do you know who the uh, finals MVP was for that? Was it uh, Ben Wallace? No, it was Sean. Oh, no. Not yeah, actually. As soon as I said that, I was like, "Wait a second, yeah, Billups." I should just start putting uh, check marks on there. 
Yeah, give me the Shaq one if you start doing that. Come on. <laughs> and another, the final time that the Spurs won the NBA championship was against the Miami Heat. Do you know who the MVP was for this one? Wasn't that Kawhi Leonard? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Because <laughs> that was actually kind of when we started to know the name of Kawhi Leonard. And the claw. Yeah. And the guy who's sponsored by New Balance, you know? I mean, he's, yeah. he's staying true to his word with that sponsorship. And last but not least, in 2019, a blockbuster NBA trade, the New Orleans Pelicans sent forward Anthony Davis to the Lakers for Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and three first-round draft picks, including 2019's number four overall draft pick. And that is your day in sports history. Hmm. Okay. And Noah now has the quote of the day to end our show. All right. Well, let's finish one off with a basketball quote. This goes from the late, great Kobe Bryant. As uh, he says, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. And, I mean, even then, uh, thinking about Kobe, again, legendary player he is, and then – even in his final words, I loved it when uh, when he was giving his speech uh, at the Staples Center, and then his final words were, "What can I say? Mamba out." I mean, oh. it was just well said there. But once again, this was actually provided by BrainyQuote.com, and it is uh, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. And this. Episode is brought to you by Alpine Unlimited Co. Their mission is to provide high-quality, comfortable, and stylish clothing for a community of people who love nature and enjoy spending their time in the great outdoors. You can check out their designs at alpineunlimitedcompany.com. And if you use code AIR10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that is alpineunlimitedco.com and use code AIR10 to receive 10% off your entire order. And that is going to do it for episode 25. We've made it to 25 episodes, Noah. Even with our technical difficulties we were having earlier on today, but you don't know about that. (laughs) So we want to thank you for uh, listening once again. Follow us on Facebook. Hoping to get an Instagram, but we do uh, share it on our Instagram pages, I believe. I know I do. I don't know if you do. Uh, Yeah, I've been kind of off Instagram, (laughs) though. Whatever, man. Whatever. I mean, I've been hacked twice on Instagram, so maybe I, I don't really have the greatest track record right now. Okay. <laughs> so follow us on Facebook at the Midday Man of Sports Podcast. Check us out on any updates that most likely will be posted on there. And for Noah Pegler, Eric Miller signing off, episode 25, episode 26 on the way. And until next time. 